0: fascinating you can't just tape a couple q-tips together that's
1: exactly (laughs) what it's like is this an engineering problem like do you literally need a longer q-tip a longer stick yeah (laughs) has someone (laughs) thought about that april 9th um here we are here we
0: are so a bunch of stuff happened today one was there seems to be some shakeup in the Ontario public health leadership. Yeah, that's so. First the of all, yesterday <laughs> we didn't catch this yesterday. Oh yeah, right. But the Toronto Star reported that Doug Ford has brought in a quote-unquote troubleshooter.
1: Yeah, it was late in the day that this broke. The news well, what broke. What was the
0: guy's name again?
1: McEwen, McCowan, something like that.
0: Yeah. He's a retired guy.
1: He's a veteran of public health. He was Toronto's. He's like Eileen Davila. He was like he Eileen DeVilla for like twel- 11 years or something before he retired.
0: Yeah. So he doesn't really seem to have an official job title mm. other than troubleshooter. And we don't really know what he's doing. But the Toronto S- Star said he was brought in last week.
2: And so he's been around for Quinky a
0: Dink, days. the Oh C- coincidentally
1: s- the CEO of Ontario Public Health has stepped down for health reasons.
0: Quote unquote. Health reasons not related to COVID nineteen. Okay. So Peter so. Donnelly is out. And the Toronto Star article that announced that was very complimentary of him of Donnelly of Donnelly mm. and said how he was c- he was commended for the press conference he gave on forecasting the other week, mm. and I was like, not on this podcast he wasn't.
1: Yeah, and I mean we're the ones that count, so
0: clearly <laughs> this is where it's all happening. Mm. Um, And then the other thing that happened today was that Teresa Tam gave a big talk um, going over the forecast for Canada, and I haven't had time to watch the whole press conference yet. I've just watched parts of it, and I've looked at the slides. And can I just say that this was done a thousand times better than the Ontario one? Like... The way they shared the information, the information that they shared, and the fact that they had the slides. They had, <laughs> had a screen up behind the person. see the slides when they were talking. They had a
1: screen up behind this, the <sighs> person presenting the slides. But yeah.
0: even the information, they actually shared a model and talked about when the peaks would be and what would happen if they did this or that or the other thing, whereas Ontario was just like some bars with some numbers and no explanation. Yeah. So this felt much better. Mhm. Um so I think what was getting reported everywhere is that over the course of the pandemic we're expecting between eleven thousand and twenty-two thousand and deaths. Mm-hmm. And that's with s- those are the numbers with strong epidemic control.
1: And it's a bit hard to make sense of. Like I don't I don't know what that number means, but...
0: It doesn't mean anything. It's just giving people... It doesn't Like a frame of reference. Yeah. Like what should they be expecting? What are good numbers? What are bad Mm -hmm. numbers? Mm Mm-hmm. So if we get out of this thing with only 11,000 deaths, we did good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they also gave the short-term epidemic trajectory, Mm -hmm. which is around... 27,000 cases by mid-April in Canada which could be 500 to 700 deaths and of course these are just confirmed cases like
1: they're just extra yeah they're extrapolating from that line whereas
0: if Ontario gets its testing in order that number could be a lot higher but it won't impact the death number it will just change the rate of death Yeah. which is not not important
1: the other thing federally uh, so i guess did trudeau speak after tam's yes, presentation I think so. and mm-hmm. he built he kind of built on those announcements yeah in so much as saying this is we're still gonna be it's not life back to life will not be returning to normal for many months it's making it sound like November or December. I I just saw that as a quote and was trend November and Dece- or December was trending and, it sounded like it. W- I actually don't know what he said exactly, but it makes it sound like he said the fact that that was trending makes it sound like we're going to be under some form of limitations mm-hmm. regarding COVID nineteen for until November or December at the current time.
0: Yeah, I mean looking at the graph they have here, their little graph for the strict social distancing Mm -hmm. curve, Mm -hmm. like late summer, early fall, cases are falling to pretty close to zero. Mm -hmm. I think like, yeah, that's how long are we going to be locked in our house? I don't think we're going to be locked in our house till November, December. They're going to, lift restrictions somehow but like forget forget stadiums full of people and parties and that kind of thing probably for the rest of the year yeah but being able to go outside to the playground again yeah i'm sure that's before november yeah i mean i guess i'm not sure of anything but i would think that that would be able to happen before november
1: yeah and then um Provincially, one thing I should have tagged on there. Winter you mentioned testing, the the so yesterday Ford said, you know he expects us to get to thirteen thousand tests. And what did they do today? Maybe fi- like four thousand. I mean, oh it's I an uptick. I think the last number I saw was a bit of an uptick from yesterday. That uh, that's not saying much. Uh, but I hea- the rep- Mike Crawley, I think from CBC, uh, said. Is is reporting that there are shortages, widespread shortages of the s- types of swabs we need to be able to actually do those.
0: Yeah, which tests. why they didn't just give that as a reason, I don't know.
1: It sa- uh, Yeah, who knows? So it sounds like, it sounds like they're using some other type of swab in this in his article. It says they're using. I guess ideally you want a l- the nasal like where you go back, you go down the nose mm-hmm. and into the back of the nose area cavity, yeah. but now na- they don't have those so they're go- they're using a different swab which i guess is less i guess in the throat right i guess they're taking it yeah from the throat. oh yeah and so the the results from that i think there's a greater chance of a false, false negative negative so yeah. someone who is found to be negative but actually is positive
0: yeah i read that and it has to do with how close you take the sample to onset of symptoms as well right The further you are from symptom onset, the more likely you'll get a false negative. Right. Fascinating. You can't just tape a couple Q-tips together. That's
1: exactly (laughs) what I... It's like, is this an engineering problem? Like, do you literally need a longer Q-tip? A longer stick? Yeah. (laughs) Has someone (laughs) thought about that?
0: And we read a long time ago that one of the main factories from making these nasal swabs is near Milan in Italy. Right. So...
1: I mean, it is a longer stick. Down. Is it the longer stick... Okay, so I, I think what the key is that you have to do the swab and stick it back into something that's going to preserve the sample. Yeah. So it's like this sealed little vial that yeah. the swab... Like, I guess there's a yeah. cap that's attached to the end of this. Like, it all seals up, yeah. right? yeah. But surely there's a way to do that that's <laughs> like literally you need a longer so unless it's like narrower I mean or something
0: and there's a solution in there too i wasn't serious about t- i was kind of i
1: mean that was the thought that occurred to me too when i heard about this so i know um
0: because you always think you always think that anything can just be engineered it's immediately it is
1: yeah it is an occupational hazard.
0: It is. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive how many times you do just engineer something. But
1: well, thank you. Other headlines: the one that from yesterday that I that we should probably mention because it's I think it's great news. And both Air Canada and WestJet are rehiring large numbers of the people that they initially announced they were layoff. So oh yeah,
0: and using the wage subsidy to pay them.
1: Yeah. So I think they just basically made a deal with the federal government to say like hey like rather than them go through ei and get this money why don't we just like get i don't money. think they made or a
0: deal that's the whole point of the wage subsidy
1: but why were they wa- laying them off to start with like because th- the wage subsidy didn't, didn't exist they hadn't they hadn't ma- figured they that
0: laid out. them off then the right the feds brought in the wage subsidy and they said businesses please hire all your employees back and pay them that's perfect with the money we're giving you so that's what they're doing
1: fantastic feel like the same that we haven't talked about the milk thing but i feel like that's what's missing with the milk too right like it's it's just
0: okay i do not know what you're talking about
1: milk being dumped out like didn't you post something about that Yes. there's all this milk being like there's all these reports about people like farmers dairy farmers dumping tons and tons of milk because a there's like shortage i guess there's shortages uh sorry there's too much milk for
0: listen a dairy farmer explained what happened to me tell me I can tell you. Tell me. Okay. So first, people started panic buying. Right. So clear there was a high demand for milk. Yeah. So then the dairy board, Dairy Farmers Board of Ontario or whatever. Crank up production. Yep. You can make more milk. Right. And then uh, people everything stock shut down. <laughs> and so like Tim Hortons doesn't need so much milk and yeah. Starbucks doesn't need their milk. and All the commercial places don't need their milk. Yeah. And also the grocery stores started putting limits on how much milk people can buy. Right. And also people had stocked up on milk so they didn't need so much milk. Yeah. And so all of a sudden there was just this vast excess of milk. And so it got dumped and there are a lot of people saying, Oh, that milk should have gone to people who need it, which is true, but that's not a simple thing to do. Like it costs. Yeah. Presumably, it costs milk. It costs money to get milk from a truck. Yeah, I mean they have a normal a usable.
1: They have a normal distribution thing where they like account for all the costs associated mm-hmm. with that process. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: and so you're just paying like money to put it through to give it away. Who's like paying like for that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's paying for it? Like it's not. Yeah. Like ideally, yes, but that's kind of like saying like. When you have leftovers from your dinner, you shouldn't throw that out. You should be package like... Up package them up and put them out. It's like, yeah, ideally... If you had time and energy. That would be great. But how... You don't know how to do that. And I yeah. feel like it's probably a similar thing. Right. Well, good to know. With the caveat of I don't know anything about dairy farming. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, there you go. I guess I'm taking Tillich's like stance of just guess what... Just guess uh, what un- the issue is. I mean, that's what we do here. <laughs> we
1: take uninformed stances. Strong, strongly opinionated <laughs> uninformed stances. I that's not what I signed that's on what for, I'll actually.
0: Do. All right.
1: Other headline from yesterday. would you have another one you want to do?
0: No, I don't have any more headlines. Just
1: these are things I wrote. I made notes to myself yeah. yesterday that we never talked about. So I just wanted to. Because this one's a big one. But the f- the there's a study in uh, British Medical Journal from China. Four out of five They think four out of five people who got COVID-19, the spread, they got it through asymptomatic spread in this one study, which
2: if...
0: Okay, that's not what you told me earlier. What did I tell you You earlier? You told me that 80% of infected people were asymptomatic, but now you're saying 80% of people infected got it through asymptomatic spread. Those are two different things.
1: Let me. Okay, COVID nineteen. Okay, here's the title. COVID nineteen. Four fifths of cases are asymptomatic. Okay. China figures indicate.
0: So that's what the same thing you told me this morning. Right.
1: Maybe I forgot what it actually is.
0: Which is huge.
1: A total of one hundred and thirty of one hundred and sixty six new infections identified in twenty four hours, to the afternoon of Wednesday, April, one, were asymptomatic.
0: Sorry. How many? One
1: hundred and thirty. Of 166. That's 78%. Wow. In most of the 36 cases in which patients showed symptoms involved arrivals from overseas. Down from 48 the previous day.
0: So previous estimates that I've seen put that number at 25 to 50% of people. Mm -hmm. Of infected people being asymptomatic. This is 80. Mm -hmm. I bet I'm sure. Taking a very strong uneducated no evidence stance mm-hmm. i'm sure that that changes yeah i mean that's it one snapshot context. right yeah so here's something else i read today yeah about germany mm-hmm. so their first germany's first covid cases was like a cluster at this automotive plant hmm. where one of their employees from china had come and like done some workshops and had meetings and stuff <coughs> and she was infected and she went back home and figured it out and they called and Germany has really good public health surveillance. So they tested everybody mm-hmm. and they found 16 people infected mm-hmm. and 15 of them had symptoms.
2: Mm. Okay.
0: So that's a small, much smaller that's sample much smaller size, yeah, yeah, I bet based on, I don't know what. But context of the situation, you're going to have higher or lower asymptomatic. Right. Don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Here's something crazy that I read today. hmm Somebody somewhere. Let me see if I can figure out where. Somewhere in the U.S. This group is using sewage to try and estimate how many people in a region that's are brilliant. infected with COVID-19 that's brilliant. because it is shed through the stool.
1: That's brilliant. That's how they track... There's, like, people had done that with drug use, right? Like, what neighborhoods have drug use? Yeah. Like, high drug use problems? They were There were some surveillance projects going on with that, and then they could just target those neighborhoods that had, like, where you detected the drugs in the sewage. So
0: this, this has been done in the U.S. and in the Netherlands. Well, that's fascinating. And I don't understand... What I don't understand, though, is how they just come the up with a number of... So, like, they take sewage samples and they did it, like, over time. So yeah. you can see, like, an increase in the amount of virus in a stool sample over time. Yeah. Which is great. And somehow they had samples from, like, before even. They must just regularly take stool s- samples of sewage. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense to me. I can see how, like, proportionally you can say now we have more or now we can have less. Or to watch
1: but for uh, an outbreak in an or area. Or to
0: watch for an outbreak. But somehow they're estimating that in this area with 446 reported cases, they could have up to 115,000 cases. Hmm. But I have no idea how they would estimate that number.
1: Yeah. Who knows?
0: But anyways, I thought it was That's fascinating. pretty but interesting. But
1: imagine now going forward, like you, if we start easing off... If you could do that, if you could yeah. ease off your, your s- physical distancing, you yeah. could be regularly testing sewage. sewage. And then as soon as you see something in an area, all those people have to physical yeah. distance again.
0: I mean, yeah. Or you, yeah.
1: Right? Like you could, or you could even go in and test everyone in that neighborhood wi- with like, do, do your testing. like 100
0: I mean, people I don't think we have testing available like per neighborhood, but. But yes, you could, right? You, you could deploy
1: saying. a little like I'm saying at the point where you're not really testing very many people anymore, right? Like
0: mm-hmm. I think we shouldn't get to that point. We though. shouldn't. I think we should always be testing people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. All right.
0: Um. Oh. Yeah. And we, you know, I used to have a. Uh, Headline here. What did I call it? Social distancing. Does it work? Are we doing enough? Yes. So there keeps just being more and more and more and more papers coming out. But yes, mm. social distancing is working. Right. Okay. It's great. All these graphs of like, mm. um, you can see the r not. Sometimes it's called R-E. What's the difference between R-E and r not? Do you know? No. Um. So the R... Not number goes down Mm -hmm. as physical distancing goes up. Mm. And what else? I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a whole Twitter thread this morning by Trevor Bedford, Mm. who's in Washington. And he just collected a whole bunch of um, grass from these papers. And it was just really... It was just such a good feeling. So there's more evidence that it's working.
1: It's working. Yeah. I'm glad we're not doing this for nothing. (laughs) That's good.
0: I mean, I think that's pretty evident we're not doing it for nothing. But Uh, I think also we need more tools. We need to. It's a very mm, blunt tool. Yeah. It's not the best tool. So let's try Mm -hmm. and replace it with testing and tracing as much as we can. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I wanted to just touch on uh, conspiracy theories. (laughs) The New York Times had a great article. Uh, Apparently there was a recent study on conspiracy theories around COVID-19. And the New York Times was just, it was a good, a good look at the whole thing um
0: are there more conspiracy theories other than the 5g one
1: yeah there there's everything there's like bioterrorism like it's bioterror oh it's yeah i heard that one there's all sorts of it's crazy man it's there's that all sorts this of.
0: this was a virus that escaped from a lab in wuhan or yeah. something yeah yeah evolutionary biologists have put put that one to rest real yeah, fast that's
1: really easy to tell but the i mean there's some like U.S. Congress people or senators that even suggested that those kinds of things, right? Like that China was like unleashing this thing or I don't know. Anyways, the point is that they they kind of talk about why is it that people are drawn to conspiracies, right? And it's it's basically the same reason that we are trying to do this. Like we're doing this podcast. It's like, b- so the quote is that people are drawn to conspiracies because they promise because they promise to satisfy certain psychological motives that are important to people. This Dr. Douglas. I don't know who he is anymore. Chief among them, command of the facts, autonomy over one, one's well-being, and a sense of control. And I think that's mm-hmm. really, like, we're trying to gain that by following by this and talking podcast, about it and making yeah. sense of it all. And it's, the and so he says, like, the if the truth doesn't fill those needs, right? Or the way the truth is presented, or if people don't understand it, mm-hmm. then just as human beings we have this innate ability to create stories even when some part of us kind of knows it's not true like you know Mm -hmm. not to get religious but like I'm sure some people kind of don't believe in God but also kind of want to when things get hard because it's like a thing that I don't know you want to believe in something anyways move on from that but and then there's a recent study that that they did just that showed a showed simple ways to so facebook like will now put a little label over something like it'll put a little like shaded area and it'll say this information is fault like false or seems to be i don't know they they give some sort of disclaimer over things that it recognizes to be false information fake news essentially Hmm. And but that isn't necessarily the best way to do it, because there's sort the people that tend to believe in this just think that that's more of yeah, the it's more evidence system that. yeah do so they give the suggestion they have is to get people to pr- prompt people to think so people when they're prompted to th- so that I think in the study they did, they had a number of fake headlines and a number of true headlines, and then they tried to get people to think about, and they asked people at the end which one, like to rate to rate them or something like that. And if you prompt people ahead of time, think about whether this following headline is true. If you do that up front, so it kicks in some other logical part of your brain that might not otherwise get engaged, and mm-hmm. people are better at figuring out w- which ones are, probably false and which ones aren't Mm -hmm. and they're less likely to share it that's the other Mm -hmm. thing people even though they rated some of these headlines as being false they would still say they would share them kind of because they're interesting or you know those kinds of things
0: that is very interesting and sorry I miss where you said where where were you reading about that this study oh the New York Times
1: I think it was the New York Times and the study was in the uh Oh, it's a preprint. So, it's they like are all preprints. Yeah, yeah. This is a preprint. So There's
0: very little time for peer review, although. Yeah. There were a couple, where's my links? I didn't have time to read this.
1: Yeah. I'll just read the title here. It's okay. Fighting COVID-19 Misinformation on Social Media: Experimental Evidence for a Scalable Accuracy Nudge Intervention.
0: Cool. Continue. Nudge intervention. Yeah heath brothers involved with no,
1: that no no someone from the university of regina though
0: hmm. go saskatchewan mm-hmm. okay also i just want to say that i have been trying to pay more attention to things that aren't on twitter these days mm-hmm. like i don't know my children <laughs> and the house yeah so i feel like i just like get all these snippets Throughout the day, uh-huh. but I don't have time anymore to. It's really hard to like read things. It's okay. So now it's just going to be like, oh, I vaguely heard about this thing and I don't know very much about it, but.
2: But we can talk about it.
0: Okay, so in PNAS, uh, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America, very prestigious journal, mm-hmm. they have what I believe is a peer reviewed article mm-hmm. on the effectiveness of convalescent plasma therapy in severe covid-19 patients. Mm.
1: So that's when you take blood out take plasma. Is it, is pl- blood the same as plasma or is no. you spin plasma
0: down Plasma is part of blood. Yeah. You take out the blood cells. You take out the red and white blood cells so and you're just left with like the liquid everything that else. contains antibodies and other factors. There's a lot of factors in blood. Right. So many factors. Um And so it's just that part. Right. So let's see here. Ten. The results from ten severe adult cases showed that one dose of 200 mils of plasma was well tolerated and could significantly increase or maintain the neutralizing antibodies at a high level, comma, leading to disappearance of viremia in seven days. I think viremium viremium is like, the viral Like load. actual illness? Let like me just check that, people.
1: Like it actually like healed them in seven days? The presence
0: days. of virus in blood. Yeah. So it got rid of the virus in seven days.
1: Is this in people? This is, they put the...
0: In people.
1: P- not just like a vial of blood. They squirted more. No, in right people. Here. Yeah.
0: Okay. 10 in 10 severe adult cases. Wow. Because I remember I had said before that like it would probably work better in not severe cases. Oh. So these are very that's promising. Um, promising yep. results. Very small sample size, obviously. Ten. Yeah,
2: that's still um that's
0: in that's China. That's great news. And I think also. I just read on Twitter about how like people, busted their butts to like get this reviewed and mm-hmm. and out. Mm-hmm. So it was not a pre a preprint. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very it's very
1: mm-hmm. exciting that's excellent um th- i think two other things i wanted to talk about one was the so malcolm gladwell was on the uh was on the monk debates l- tonight from eight to nine i listened to most of it he d- and and the really the discussion it wasn't a debate but it was just him being kind of interviewed and asked questions it was sort of people were writing in questions and he was being asked the questions speaking to covid and Um, really just what is the world going to look like after COVID I think is kind of the main point of discussion and the thing I think he's basically the first point he made I thought was really interesting he he likened it to the comparison between soccer and basketball so he has talked about this before I think I've heard him talk about where basketball To be a good basketball team, you need one or two star players. So it's a what he calls a strong, uh, what did he say?
0: Strong link.
1: Strong link game. And whereas soccer, if you want to make your soccer team better, it's more important that you focus on your weakest players, making sure bringing up your weakest players makes your team substantially better. Which is not true for basketball. And he's saying that in. Western countries, what we've been doing is focusing on a strong link game in the sense of technology development and um, healthcare or healthcare system. But what we're seeing with COVID-19 is the effects of I- is that we should have been maybe, or that we may now have to focus more on the weak link p- game and making sure the weakest i'm not sure what he means is the weakest link like i think what he means is people's health uh health conditions that are avoidable are you know getting those under control making sure public health is better just generally and
0: i think right now we were talking about the other day that the most vulnerable people in society are getting hit by this so hard yeah and that's affecting everybody that's affecting the the whole world yeah and so if you can
1: And society not just in North America but or in the West up but in the world like in the, in the world, world like yeah. we're like if people had whatever better health care in China I don't know what their health care is like actually but it's bete- you know that would have Reduced the possibility of this thing going.
0: I mean, China is probably not the best example because I'm sure they actually have very, very good healthcare. But like, but that's true for. There's many countries in the world that I'm sure are not going to be able to get this under control. And yeah. Or like the U.S. exporting. Like the U.S. US for
1: a long. I mean, I think now they've finally made it. Like as of the last couple of days, they've made it so that people can actually go to the hospital, get tested, get treated if they have COVID nineteen free right that's just happened mm-hmm. but up until a couple of days ago people were av- actively avoiding getting tested because they couldn't afford treatment and mm-hmm. you know that being so close to the american border like clearly like clearly people brought it from the u.s into canada like that you know there's i don't think there's much doubt that some of what we're seeing is travelers from the u.s here and it's it's all it's all connected and focusing on the weak mm-hmm. links
2: is
0: yeah
1: he hopes that that's what this will teach us
0: and then what i said is that mm-hmm. because okay so if you go back to Ed young's um piece in the atlantic a couple of weeks ago called how the pandemic will end or something mm-hmm. along those lines
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he kind of theorize like we could go kind of either way with this we could kind of go that route of Mm. like the build everything up kind of the more left route Mm -hmm. or we could go the other way and become kind of more nationalist and more borders closed and that kind of thing I'm doing a very bad job of describing this, but anyways, build stronger walls. Yeah. You could build stronger you could walls. Think yeah. You could think. And so I think by 100%. the very fact of Malcolm Gladwell going out there and talking about this mm-hmm. and the need to kind of strengthen weak links, mm-hmm. that that will help push us towards that side. Yeah. That outcome.
1: Yeah. He also talked a little bit about when they you know i think we're all assuming there's going to be a vaccine like that's what one of the things trudeau was yeah. talking about we're basically going to be living like this until there to some degree limited vaccine. until there's a vaccine uh but he did say you know once there is a vaccine we're still going to have to fight over who gets it like mm-hmm. what for a ha- while how do we yeah how are we as a society going to deal with that it's going to mm-hmm. be you know Obviously, mm-hmm. it should be the most vulnerable people in society that should get it. Mm-hmm. How is it going to play out? Will be, you know. That that will be to be seen. It remains to be seen. Um, and did we already talk about the thing that you read recently, where that was bad news about the likelihood of creating a virus because of mm. the fact that antibodies vaccine. don't last. Yeah like oh, the fact that anti-
0: yeah that i looked into that more i don't think that was so okay so the thought was he was creating a mountain out of a molehill on that one.
1: Oh, okay well that's good news but the the mm-hmm. potential bad news there was that antibodies don't last after someone gets sick very long in yeah. your system we're not sure but it's all very unclear someone, still
0: someone just said on twitter that yeah they tested people who had got over covid and they didn't have a lot of antibodies which would be a bad sign which would be bad
1: because that would mean that a the same person could get it again and b it would be difficult to create a A uh, vaccine vaccine. that would
0: actually stimulate immune your immune system to create antibodies but that's not i don't think that's true right good um yeah Hmm. yeah by all accounts and i don't really know At this point, who would dare say otherwise? But by all accounts, this seems like a very doable vaccine. Right. So hopefully. And then I heard Bill Gates say the other day this this was very interesting that they or they and others Mm -hmm. are basically okay. So when you make a vaccine, you have to create the vaccine. and then you have to test that it's safe and that it works. And then the last step is you have to be able to mass produce it, mm-hmm. which is really not trivial, mm-hmm. especially because I think some of the ways people are trying to make vaccines are like fancy new ways that mm-hmm. haven't really been done before. Mm-hmm. So scaling up the vaccines is is not at all trivial. And so Bill Gates was saying that, what i'm not sure if it's what they're doing or what they should do he's doing it he said he's he's gonna just yeah build factories they're just gonna start scaling up like say i don't know seven different techniques tech technologies like pick the seven most promising or whatever and just start producing them on a mass scale or figuring out how to produce them it's brilliant and then you'll get you know one vaccine that's kind of the winner hopefully that works and then you're ready to go and you're ready to produce it and the other work you did is just lost and you've wasted billions of dollars but at this point that's like a bargain
1: that's those are gonna be drops in the bucket compared to what the economy is gonna yeah the shocks to the economy anyways but it yeah what yeah, he's gonna spend billions of like the way the pa- it's covered in the papers. It's like he's wasting billions of dollars right. to do this. But I feel like it is the obvious thing yeah. you should be doing now. Like,
2: yeah.
1: just make some bets and and it's there's a good chance there, like that's kind of what we do with the flu shot every year. We kind of make some bets on which right. thing is gonna work, and then we do mass pr- like we just yeah. get it out there and.
0: I wonder if everyone's going to look at the flu shot differently this year. Yeah. Ooh, 50% efficacy. <laughs> Whoa, amazing. <laughs> uh,
1: what's really interesting Book about the Bill Dana Gates story, veins. like the conspiracy people are also posting that. I don't understand. Like, my fr- like the guy I know yeah. posted that on his Facebook. Like just basically the news story saying like the exact same, like whatever that it was, Bill like Gates CNN. Gonna, like, yeah. yeah. Bill Gates is doing this, Yeah, with what as commentary? if like, look, see. Like he didn't no commentary, no like commentary. as if it speaks for itself that this right. is an evil person that wants. So hi- oh. I think, there's this like part of the conspiracy is that the virus, that the they, right, whoever they are, is are trying to get you sick so that they can give you a virus so that they can give to you an a, vaccine. a vaccine that will then somehow do something right. to everybody, and that's so then this is like C three profit whatever but but this is the s- like i was so i was like i can't believe you just po- like it doesn't <sighs> all right whatever
0: yeah um speaking of making bets on something the piece of news i was going around today that i thought was pretty amazing mm-hmm. was apparently wimbledon yeah. has been buying yeah. pandemic insurance for yeah. two million dollars a year yeah. for the past 17 years insurance yeah and they're Always cashing the in get so off. 17 times two is 34 34 million dollars they've spent over the past 17 years on pandemic insurance yeah and they're getting like 141 million dollars or something because yeah. they had to cancel
1: yeah really so I mean, that's what, e- I learned that that's what you do. Like, if you have a big event, you get insurance. Oh, yeah. Because you never, kn- like, mm-hmm. so 9-11 happened before the first time, like, TRI was going to run their first big FICDAT conference thing. And then 9-11 happened. Did and they, they have insurance? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, they had insurance. Mm-hmm. But you get insurance. Like, any, like, you never oh, try to plan I know. something without Insurance.
0: Listen, insurance is like basically our family business. Yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. And I got, I always get trip insurance, trip cancellation insurance. It's paid off. I don't go anywhere. That paid off when I was supposed to go to the UK in 2010, Mm -hmm. right when that Icelandic volcano exploded Mm that (coughs) closed airspace around Europe for a few days. Yeah. That was when I was supposed to go.
1: I think I got, s- I think I got insurance one time that covered me when I like an airline. What was the cheap, the first cheap airline in Canada that went down? Oh, I don't remember. Whatever it was. I don't want to say Jets Go, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> but it was like, and then, yeah, they just, like I was going to fly somewhere and then they were gone. And then
0: Kay.
2: I got covered.
0: This episode sponsored by <laughs> Whatever that Sun kind of Life. Be. Yes. I'm just kidding. It is not. Okay. okay. I think. Oh no, uh, I have one more thing on my list. And I had one more thing too. Teresa Tam. Yeah. Has come up with a new catchphrase <laughs> for this long weekend.
1: The first one was plank the curve.
0: Plank the curve was yeah. her first. And then now. Now we have staycation for the nation. Yeah. Stay home, everybody. I love it.
1: I just saw. Yeah, I think mean it's great. I just saw playcation. Being Placation. used on one of the sites where i was patriotic no for kids it was for a toy it was on a a toy website i've never heard that term the last thing i wanted to say was i was wrong about so i'd said that um fdr had said you know fear the only thing to fear is fear itself and i was i thought that was kind of not true there's v- value in fear mm-hmm. but I think it's all about semantics so I was reading a bit more about I, I saw an article um, Ryan Holiday where he's talking about the difference between being scared and being afraid and I think that's and and I know we use those terms interchangeably the actual terms you use don't matter it's what it what the meaning you take from it that matters. so being scared the way he says it is you prime, it th- that's when you recognize there's a real threat, and you're now primed, your adrenaline's up a little bit, you're trying to f- figure out how to solve the problem. And everyone gets scared. There's no point in not trying to be scared. It's what you do next that matters. It's whether you, if you become afraid, as he says, that means you don't really find a way to tackle the challenge it's that you be find yourself paralyzed by the situation you're in maybe panic i'm not sure what the word panic means to most people because it gets thrown around a lot in the media i think it means doing things that are not beneficial yeah, to solve or your or problem rational or, or are irrational in some Right. So as long as so I think the point is being scared is okay, being afraid is not. And so fear uh, avoiding fear, avoid being afraid is a good thing to do. And what we should do is use the use being scared to propel us to find a way to deal with the problem is good. And the other little thing that someone mentioned this is simon sinek again who i've talked about before he drew a he talked a little bit about optimism versus positivity and again words i don't think a lot about normally but he's saying we don't need positivity right now which he defines as someone only talking about good things and there's tanya ta- tells me about this doctor on twitter who's only posting really happy stories and
0: until today I, oh but yes <laughs>
1: in any case that th- th- it's it that's all that we don't need people doing that it and all it feels inauthentic it feels like you're ignoring the problem you it's ignoring your feeling like what you're feeling right now rather you should be th- it it does help to be optimistic and uh, the world needs optimism, which is acknowledging the situation you're in and trying to find a way through it, acknowledging Mm -hmm. and seeing and and being willing to say, I think we're gonna get through this, showing people or seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and saying that we're moving and, and feeling, I guess, that we're moving closer to that light at the end of the tunnel and we'll get there if we keep going that's optimism not positivity yeah and i thought that was that was a useful i think for me both of those uh kind of semantic i know that's sort of silly semantics but to me it actually helped i mean no me it's, think it's about not it.
0: semantics it's it's th- it's theorizing it's, it's building a framework yeah which is what
1: it helped me wrap my gotta head around you yeah
0: Okay, I'm gonna fall asleep. Okay. Is that what we d- did we do it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, I have a joke sort of. Excellent. It's a, li- it's a little it's nine days out of date. It's for March, but I okay. think it'll still be I think it'll still hit home. Okay. Okay, it's a little poem you may find familiar. Mm-hmm. Thirty days half September, April, June, and November. All the rest have thirty one, except March which has eight thousand. There we go. (laughs) That took you long. That was was like a joke
1: grenade. It took me a while. Yeah.
2: yeah, It
1: does feel like that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Good night.
1: Good night.